Spring is a great time of year to do some cleaning around the house and clean up your finances. And something else that you can do for your family this spring is shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius as part of your financial planning for the year. Getting life insurance today means you'll have peace of mind so that if something were to happen to you, your family can cover expenses, things like mortgage payments, credit card payments, car loans, or even college costs. I have a wife and two kids, with a third on the way, by the way, and business partners that all depend depend on my income. So I needed life insurance and Policy Genius made that so incredibly easy. And with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's policygenius.com. One of my favorite ways to invest is real estate, but not everyone wants to handle tenants and toilets. Enter Fundrise. They make it easy to invest in real estate with their flagship fund. Now, as always, you always have to carefully consider the investment objectives and risks of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. But right now, demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. And the Fundrise flagship fund plans on going on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes with just as little as $10 by visiting fundrise.com slash PFP. As always, carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at fundrise.com slash PFP. That's fundrise.com slash PFP. This is a paid advertisement. On this episode of the Personal Finance Podcast, we're going to talk about how to painlessly cut back your expenses and give you the step-by-step system. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Personal Finance Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew, founder of MasterMoney.co. And today on the Personal Finance Podcast, we are going to be talking about how to painlessly cut back expenses. And this is our step-by-step system. If you have any questions, hit us up on Instagram or TikTok at MasterMoneyCo and follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or whatever podcast player you love listening to this podcast. And if you want to help out the show, leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And don't forget to check out the Master Money newsletter that just launched. We are getting amazing feedback on that as well. A lot of jokes, a lot of really deep dive information. So we're really excited to be sharing that with you every single Thursday morning that comes out. So make sure you subscribe to that. There's a link below in the show notes so that you can check that out and subscribe to the Master Money newsletter because that is where we're giving our information away on our new course releasing. It's going to come out with the newsletter crew first. And in addition... When we release Master Money Coaching, where you can have direct access to me, that will also be released to the newsletter first as well. So make sure you check all of those things out so that you don't miss out on anything, and especially some of the early options that we have with the newsletter. Now, today, we're going to be talking about how to cut back some of your expenses. And I talk all the time on this podcast about the income and net worth side of the equation. And the reason why I talk about those things is because those things are the way to build wealth 
much faster. If you're trying to focus on cutting back coupons, if you're trying to focus on saving a dollar here and a dollar there, you are not going to get to your goal as fast as you possibly can. But if you want to get to your goal fast, you want to focus on $100,000 problems instead of worrying about $6 problems. You want to focus on those $30,000 problems instead of $3 problems. So all of these are things that you need to be focusing as much of your time on the bigger ticket items. But guess what? In a lot of situations, a lot of us still overspend on some areas and we feel guilty about our spending in specific areas. So I'm going to show you systematically how to cut back your spending over time because we have a very specific system on how to do this. And I haven't talked about this in the podcast yet, but we have a very specific system on how to cut back on specific spending areas. And the way we do this is we actually utilize psychology into this because a lot of what we do, if you haven't noticed here, the personal finance podcast and master money is we want to make sure that we cater to the most people's psychology as well, because if it's not sustainable, if it's something that a lot of people can't do over a long period of time, then we don't want to be teaching it that way. Because if you try to rip a bandaid off as fast as you possibly can, a lot of people can do things for a a short period of time if it's very difficult. But over a long period of time, we want to make sure that it's sustainable as possible. It's the same thing as when you go and work out. You want to make sure that your workouts are sustainable and it's something that you can do for a very long period of time. You have the same time frame set up every single day where you go work out. The workouts are hard enough to make your body change, but easy enough to where you're going to continually doing it over time. And if you really enjoy it, then you get as you get better and as you progress, you can make it harder and harder and harder and your workouts more difficult. That is how you progress over time. The same thing goes for habits. The same thing goes for any systems you want to implement in your life. If you want to read a book every single week, just starting out with a couple pages a day and progressing towards that goal of every single week is going to be something that's going to be incredibly beneficial. The same thing we want to do with cutting back expenses, because let's get real here. Cutting back on your expenses is not a fun thing to do. Most of us don't enjoy cutting back expenses. It's not something we really want to do. We want to keep spending more money. We want to ball out at the mall. We want to spend as much as we want at the grocery store. We want to spend as much as we want eating out because it's fun. It's something that is fun to do. A lot of people enjoy spending money. We want the Amazon boxes to be stacking up at our front door every single day. So every single day is just like Christmas. That's what we want. So cutting back is not the most fun thing in the world. So I'm going to show you how to make it painless because making it painless is one of the keys to actually doing it and actually achieving it and actually sustaining it for a very long period of time. Now, one thing you want to do is as you cut back on some of these expenses, the big thing to talk about here is what it does is it allows you to increase your savings rate. And the reason why you want to increase your savings rate, because if you have a measly small savings rate, you're going to be working for a very long period of time. In fact, if your savings rate is at 10% of your income, then you're going to be working 37 and a half years if you got a 10% rate of return. And what you hear is a lot of financial gurus out there saying, oh, start saving 10% of your income. That's absolutely great. It's much better than saving nothing because you're never going to be able to retire if you save nothing. But saving 10% of your income should be the starting point. And you want to increase that amount as much as you can every single month. We like to talk about increasing at 1% every month or every other month or every quarter until you can get to that point where you at least get to 20% because 20% cuts it down from anywhere from 21 to 27 years where you have to work much less if you're saving 20% of your income. And here's the cool thing. As you increase that savings rate, say you go to 25% of your income, then you only have to work on the high end for 25 years if you get that 10% rate of return. You save 30%, 21 years, 35%, 19 years, 50%, 13 years. So this is an incredibly powerful thing is to increase that savings rate. And one of the ways to increase your savings rate is to increase your income, which is something that we love to talk about all the time on this podcast. But in addition, if you want to increase your savings rate, 
you also can cut back on some of your expenses. If you're overspending in some areas, and a lot of people know that they are, and some people don't know that they are. When I work with people, a lot of times people are very shocked on how much they're spending on specific items. And we'll get into that here in a second. But they're very shocked on how much they spend. And I'll get to some of the the trigger ones here as well. But as you increase this savings rate, I mean, if you save, for example, let's say your income increases 4x. And so you can live on how you're living right now. If you save 75% of your income, here's a perfect example. Let's say that you make, for really easy math, you live on 100,000 bucks a year. And so you stay living on $100,000 a year, but you increase your income to $400,000 a year. And you're saving $300,000 per year. Well, based on that, if you want to draw down 4% in retirement, you can retire in 6.3 years by saving 75% of your income. So don't focus on the numbers here. Focus on the percentage. If you save 75% of your income, you can retire in 6.3 years if you got a 10% rate of return. Wow. See, that is something that's incredible that you can do with your money. And it's something where you can retire very fast by reducing your expenses and increasing your income. So this is how powerful it is to actually reduce your expenses. I'm not talking about cutting out coupons. I'm not talking about saving $5 here every single month. What I'm talking about is reducing expenses that you do not value and spending on things that you do value. So if retirement is one of the things that you value, that's why I like talking about how your savings rate can actually catapult you to retirement. And that's part of the FIRE movement. If you've never heard of the FIRE movement, it stands for Financial Independence Retire Early. And what this does is it's a group of people, and this podcast is included, who do not want to work their entire life and would rather retire early earlier. So you reduce your expenses, you increase your income, or you could do one or the other to get you to that point. So without further ado, what we're going to do is we're going to jump into why you'd want to cut back. So there are a few principles to understand so that you can cut back with intention, because I would rather you not have to cut out something you love. So we want to do this for a reason. We want to be cutting back on this stuff for a specific purpose. You want to do this intentionally. Don't just cut back to cut back and then spend that money frivolously on something else you don't care about. So thinking through this, this is a very specific activity. See, here's what a lot of people do. A lot of people cut back on stuff and they just go and they don't have a reason why they're cutting back. Then they just go spend the money. They don't invest those dollars. They don't take those dollars and put them in a place that's going to help them build wealth. What they do is they just cut back and save money, but they don't actually save those dollars. They just spend it somewhere else. How many times have you saved, say, $20 with a coupon, for example? Let's just give this example here. You saved $20 on a coupon, but what did you actually save? Did you actually keep that $20 and put it in your pocket? Or did you just go spend it on more groceries the next week? That is what we're talking about here. You have to intentionally save money if you're going to cut back on specific categories. So you got to understand some of these principles. Principle number one is income does not equal wealth. It doesn't matter how much money you make. You have to keep some of that money to be able to build wealth. For example, I know a lawyer couple who makes $900,000 per year. And guess how much they have saved for retirement? They just had a conversation with me. $100,000 saved for retirement. They are in their 60s and they've been making this money for years and years and years. They are less wealthy than the majority of people who are listening to this podcast and they make $900,000 per year. That is a major problem. Income does not equal wealth. Wealth is built by investing your dollars and putting your dollars into assets that grow over time. Putting your money into assets that will take you to the next level. See, high income earners sometimes will just rely on their income to get them by. They'll rely on their income and they think it's never going to end. Your income will end at some point and you will not want to work for that income anymore. So having those assets in place is why you want to grow your wealth over time. Principle number two, you have to put the money that you saved towards wealth building activities. So this is what we're talking about here. If you just spend the money on more frivolous things that you don't care about, 
you are never going to get ahead. You need to be conscious about where you're spending these dollars. You need to be conscious about where these dollars are going to go after you save them. Otherwise, if you don't move this money, you're just going to spend it again. This is human nature. This is what we all do. If you don't have a budget specifically, you're just going to spend this money like crazy. So you don't have to have a budget to build wealth. Everybody needs to understand that. But you have to know where your dollars are going to be able to build wealth. So taking those dollars and moving them to a place that actually matters, that actually increases your net worth and makes that number go up over time is where you want to be spending this money. So how do you do this? First of all, you can pay down debt. You can utilize those dollars to get rid of some of your debt. Maybe it's your student loans. Maybe you have credit card debt. But any high interest debt, you can increase your net worth by reducing your liability, which debt is a liability. The next thing you can do is utilize it. If you don't have an emergency fund, you don't have a fat emergency fund to stack up cash in, you could put it towards your emergency fund to get those three to six months expenses inside of that emergency fund. If you haven't been saving enough money where you can't even get your 401k match, you could use it to get your 401k match. That is a 100% return on your money if you get your employer match. Or you could also utilize these dollars to invest your money. This is probably my favorite place to put this extra money is to invest your extra dollars. So being able to do this is something that's incredibly powerful. Now, if you really have a hard time saving, if you're just starting off, you really have a hard time saving. One app that we have linked up in the show notes as well, it's called Acorns. And we use this in the 75 day challenge for complete beginners, because what Acorns does is they actually round up your spending. So say, for example, you spend uh, $5.50 on a coffee. They'll round you up to six bucks and they'll take 50 cents and invest that money. So if you're really having a hard time investing and you're just starting off and you really don't know how to force yourself to invest, that's a great option as well. But cutting back and taking these extra dollars to start investing is something that is one of the most powerful things that you can do because your money is most powerful investing today. It is more powerful today than it will be tomorrow to invest those dollars. So the earlier you can invest your money, the better off you will be. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what age you are. Starting today is going to change the way you see how money works. Because once you see your dollars start producing more money, all of a sudden, the light bulb goes off. And sure, it may go down for a couple of days, maybe three, four days. It may go down for a week. It may go down for a month. It may go down for a year or two. But at the same time, over the long run, the market goes in one direction. Or if you're investing those dollars in real estate or a business, whatever else it is, it is something that you will not regret in the long run. Nobody has regretted investing money into historically proven investments that typically work. Now, people have regretted investing money with things like Bernie Madoff, for example. Maybe they invested their dollars into a Ponzi scheme. They've regretted investing money there. But if you know how to run your numbers on real estate, for example, and you know how this works, it's very rare that you're going to regret investing those dollars unless that property has some catastrophic event like a tornado going through it or a sinkhole or something like that. It is very rare for people to regret that. I have never regret a single dollar that I've invested. And I invested, one of my first investments as a teenager was I invested in penny stocks. It was one of the dumbest things I could ever do. And I didn't know what I was doing. And I invested in penny stocks and I lost it all in one day because I read this blog post of some random guy who said invest in this penny stock. And what the guy actually did, I found out later, was he just pumped up stocks and then would sell them once the stock price went up. And that was every dollar I had. I invested $600 as a teenager. It was every single dollar I had. And I don't even regret that move. You know why? Because it triggered in my mind, I'm going to figure out how to do this. And I'm going to figure out how to invest my money. That $600 was some of the best money ever spent because it motivated me to figure out, well, what do I do next? And that's how you should be as well. If you fail at something, and if you see something's not working for you, motivating yourself to get to the next level is how those failures should fuel you. 
sure, it's very difficult in the moment, but at the same time, getting to that next level and figuring out what you need to do with these dollars is going to be incredibly powerful. So investing your money is a great option as well. Now, let's get into how to identify what to cut back. One of the hardest things about managing your money is figuring out where it's all going. And most of us are trying to save for several goals at once, which can feel like a daunting task to see if you're on track or even on pace to accomplishing your goals. But there is a tool that makes it so much easier and it's called Monarch Money. They help you track your money flow without taking a ton of time and energy. And Monarch has built-in features to collaborate with your partner, family, or financial advisor. And you can invite them with an extra account with their own own login at no extra cost to collaborate with you. And Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can create custom budgets, set notifications, and you can set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications. And after trying Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com PFP. That's M-O-N- A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash P-F-P for your extended 30-day free trial. Now is a great time of year to get your finances in order. And no matter what your financial goals are this year, when you use Chime's online checking account, you can cross all those financial to-dos off your list. Chime's online checking account has tons of benefits that millions of members love, like fee-fee overdraft up to $200. Plus, get paid up to two days early with direct deposit, all while managing your money on the go 24-7. And you get access to over 60,000 ATMs. So start building your credit and open a Chime checking account with at least $200 qualifying direct deposit to get started. Get started at Chime.com PFP. That's Chime.com PFP. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank, NA, or Stride Bank, NA, members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply. The key to winning in any business is making sure you have the right business partner. An example is Procter & Gamble or Ben & Jerry. But what about the perfect partners when it comes to growing your business? That's you and Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, from launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to, did we just hit a million dollars stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. And most people know one of your biggest struggles when it comes to starting an online business is finding new customers, and Shopify can help you do that. And what I love about Shopify is no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash PFP, all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash PFP now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. That's shopify.com slash PFP. All right, so this is a step-by-step system that we utilize to figure out how to cut back expenses that we do not want to be spending more money on. And we're going to make a cheat sheet for this. I will link up the cheat sheet in the show notes so that you can follow this checklist step-by-step. It's going to be a checklist that you can utilize and go through this process to allow yourself to figure out what do I want to cut back and how can I cut this back. So the first thing that you want to start doing before you even get into the first step, is you want to make a list of discretionary expenses and discretionary spending items that you spend on every single month. If you don't know what a discretionary expense is, it's a cost that you spend money on every single month that you can absolutely live without. 
It's not a bare bones cost. So it's not shelter. It's not food. It's not electricity. It's not transportation unless your transportation is really high. It's things that you can actually reduce your spending on. So a good way to gauge as you're writing these down, a good way to gauge how you feel about spending on these items is which ones do you feel guilty about? If you have a $1,000 car payment, which I just read a report that the average car payment in the US is $750 a month. So for example, if you spend way too much on your car payment and you feel guilty about that, then that may be a place where you think it's discretionary spending where you can downgrade your car or whatever else if you want to do that. Now, If you feel guilty, say, for example, about eating out, that's a big one for a lot of people. Maybe you feel guilty about how much you spend on groceries. Maybe you don't know how much you actually spend on these items. We're going to figure that out on how to do that in a second. Or if you feel guilty about how much you spend on hobbies, maybe you golf or you fish or you go to really expensive gyms and you feel guilty about that. Seeing what you feel guilty about, and if you should not feel guilty about any of these things, if these are your passions, if these are things that you want to be doing, if you want to spend your dollars on there, you should not be feeling guilty just because that was an example that we gave out. What I'm talking about here is you're spending money on something that doesn't bring you value and it brings you guilt instead. That's a problem. And we want to make sure that we resolve this problem by cutting back the spending so that you can feel better and use those dollars to spend on things that you actually value. What do you value? There could be a number of different things that you value. Maybe you put them towards other things, but we'll talk about that here in a second. So a good way to gauge on as you're writing these down is which ones you feel guilty about. And we talk about something very important in this podcast all the time. You want to spend lavishly on the things that bring you value, and you want to cut back ruthlessly on the things that don't bring you value. So this is exactly what we're doing here. This is the exercise that we are doing here. If you feel guilty, it's not bringing you joy. So here is how to do this step by step. And if you want the cheat sheet, this is going to be talking through this as well. A cheat sheet, I will link it up in the show notes so that you can have this for the step by step. The first one is we need to figure out where you stand by tracking your spending. So taking these discretionary items, you're going to figure out how much do I spend every single month on these items? We got to see where we are. We got to see what we're working with here. Now, I can tell you this. If you're at a low point with your money, when I was at my lowest with my money, I turned it around almost immediately by tracking my spending. And so figuring out how to track your spending is going to be something that's going to absolutely change your life for the better. Now, a lot of people don't like the B word, the budget word, but sometimes that's what you got to do if you're in a hole. If you're down bad and you're not doing well, sometimes you have to track your spending. Now, we have an episode I will link up down below because we talk about all the time on how to budget your money. We have like five or six episodes on budgeting. So make sure you check those out as well if you want to learn how to step-by-step do this. But tracking your money doesn't mean you have to have a budget. You can just figure out how much am I spending every month for the last six months. And when a lot of people do this exercise, when a lot of people try to figure out how much am I spending on eating out, for example, or how much groceries is the biggest one. How much am I spending on groceries? People are amazed at how much they spend every single month on groceries. And it is the most common shock I see because what you do a lot of times is maybe you go to the grocery store once a week, but in addition, you make additional trips if you have to pick up items for dinner or you make additional trips if you want to go get some snacks or whatever else you want to do. And you end up just buying more when you go in there. And a lot of people spend way more on groceries than that, especially if you don't track this stuff, you have no idea how much you're spending. And so when people do this exercise, when you start to do this overspending exercise, a layer of guilt may start to settle in. But just because you spend a lot of money on something that is not key to survival does not mean that you're crazy or bad with your money. Because it's your money, you can spend those dollars how you want to spend those dollars on. But instead, think of it this way. If you spend your money regularly on something that you are surprised about or you're confused about because you don't enjoy it, that is when you want to cut something out. If you're surprised that you spend $1,000 a month on groceries and you don't enjoy the groceries that you are consuming as it is right now, then that'd be a sign 
that potentially that's something you want to reduce or cut back because that is something where that is a thing that you need for life. And it's a thing you need to live and it's a thing you need to survive on. But if you don't really care about spending $1,000 on groceries, you think you can get by with $750, for example, a month on groceries, depending on where you live, then that may be an area where you can look at it. Or say, for example, you live in a city and you spend $1,000 a month on Ubers. Well, here's an example of you could take a subway, you could do transportation in a different way, and it's something where you could cut back. If those don't bring you that much more value, $1,000 a month value, $1,000 a month invested over time, just so you could think of it this way, $1,000 a month invested over the course of 30 years is well over a million dollars. So making sure that you think through, is this worth a million dollars of my future time for me to be doing this? And then here's the pro tip to this, because this exercise is not about taking away your morning coffee. If that coffee brings you joy each morning, get yourself that coffee. Get in that Starbucks line first and do a fist bump. What this is about is recognizing where you can cut back on the things that don't matter to you. Okay, so let's get into step two. Step two is identify the areas you do not want to be spending money. So once you figure out how much you're spending on everything, you want to identify those areas that are making you feel guilty. So pick them out, point them out, point them out. That's exactly what you want to do is identify those areas. And step three, step three is you want to set up money rules for yourself. This is something that a lot of people don't do. And because they don't do this, they have to resort to budgets and things like that. But there's rarely a one size fits all approach to money. Like I talk about personal finance is personal. And for a lot of people, you can't just walk in and everybody's money situation is going to be the same because everybody has drastically different things. If you read my DMs and Instagram and TikTok and all these other places, you're going to see drastically different situations of people talking through their financial situation. Everybody's situation is different. For some people, maybe they spend too much money like we talked about on transportation. For others, maybe someone's an Amazon addict and they stack boxes at their front door every single day. But you got to figure out what your situation is and we're going to set money rules and guidelines around this. So if you have a certain bad habit, you want to set yourself up to avoid it. So for example, if you're that Amazon addict or you're an impulsive spender, a simple money rule could be always wait 24 hours before purchasing something if it's over a certain amount. So I've talked about this before. If something's over $200, for example, you want to wait 24 hours before you make that purchase. If it's over 300, you want to wait seven days before you make that purchase. Those are rules that you can put into place. I do this now for higher spending items. So usually I like to wait a week if something's over a few hundred dollars to see if I actually want that item. A lot of times what we call this here is the cooling off period, meaning a lot of times you're looking through Amazon, you see something pretty cool and you want to buy it right away. But at the same time, if you just wait seven more days, you'll be able to have that cooling off period. So maybe you won't want it anymore. If you don't want it anymore, you're going to save yourself thousands of dollars a year. I know I do that. So I put it in either a wish list or a cart, for example, if I'm looking on Amazon and then see if I actually want it. This is how retailers get you on Prime Day and Black Friday, because if you don't do this, you're going to buy the item. And when you buy the item, a lot of people have buyer's remorse or buyer's regret. If you've ever bought something and you wish you didn't buy that thing, that's what happens. Here's another hack. Nick Majuli, if you listen to that episode, we had Nick Majuli, the author of Just Keep Buying, and he has a hack in that book, and he talked about this in the podcast, where every time he has a discretionary spending item where he spends a lot of money on it, he also invests the same amount into his brokerage account. So what this does is if he has to buy a $200 headphones, for example, he's actually spending $400 on those headphones. So it pumps the brakes a little bit. He doesn't just spend the money on the headphones right away because he's got to spend $400, $200 to the headphones, $200 to his brokerage account. So setting rules up like this will help you curb bad habits. And it's something to think through so that you can pump the brakes in the future as you work on cutting back. Because in the next step, we are going to work on how you can actually cut back some of these expenses once you have the number. 
So you've got the number in place. You're putting money rules in place. So in the future, you can actually stop spending so much money on these things that you do not value. And then we're going to go to step four, which this is the key to the whole system. This is the key in how we teach it differently than everybody else is you want to reduce your spending slowly instead of all at once. So the traditional advice for a lot of people is just rip the Band-Aid off and then cut out your spending all at once. But what people do is they cut out their spending and say, this absolutely sucks. I'm used to spending $500 on eating out. Now I can't spend $500 on eating out. Well, I'm just going to go back and start spending $500 a month on eating out again. For most people, this doesn't work to rip the Band-Aid off. It just does not work unless you're incredibly disciplined. And that's what it takes. I mean, it takes extreme discipline and an extreme motivation and an extreme why. Why am I doing this? I want to invest $500 more a month. Okay, well, that may last for a month or two if you're relying on your willpower. But as we know, this is why we create automation systems with our money, because we cannot rely on our willpower every single month. Sometimes you're just going to want to spend more money some months than other months. And so if that's the case for you, the traditional advice of just cutting everything out all at once is not going to cut it. It's not going to work. It really will not work psychologically for most people. So here's the better way to do it. The better way to do it is to extend out the amount of time that you're going to be cutting back over the course of a long period of time. And you're going to reduce your spending slowly. And if it's something you think you actually should truly like and it's going to be annoying to have to cut it out, then it's something where you want to reduce it to a point that's actually manageable. So let's say, for example, we're going to use the example of eating out because that's a big one for a lot of people. So let's say you spend $500 a month on eating out. You don't want to just drop from $500 a month to $100 a month or $50 a month or zero if that's your goal. Instead, you want to slowly decrease that spending. So what I would do is I would target over the course of the next six months, even if you want to bring it down to zero, if you want to bring it down to zero, you don't want to eat out anymore at all for whatever reason that is. I love eating out, so that wouldn't be for me. But if you wanted to bring it down to zero and you don't want to eat out at all, I would still only reduce it over the course of the next six months, 20 to 50%. Why? Because it's going to be manageable over that time frame. So it may look something like this. So say, for example, maybe month one, you spend $475. So you only reduced it $25 because you're just getting that ball rolling. You're just getting started. Sure, the optimal way would be to go to zero right away. That's absolutely fine if you have that motivation. Most people don't. So if you jump down to 475 for month one, maybe month two, you go down to $425. And you're saying, well, I made $75 progress. All of a sudden, you have $75 more in cash flow that you can utilize towards things that bring you value. But maybe in month three, your mom comes to visit. And your mom's a queen. Your mom needs to be treated well. So you spend $550 month three. You actually spend more than where you started. That's okay. Let me explain this again. That is okay. It is okay to make mistakes with your money when you're trying to figure it all out. We're all trying to figure out how adulting works. And sometimes things happen. But the average of all of these months put together is what is going to matter. And the progress that you're making, as long as you don't let that $550 derail you, is something that's going to change the way you think about money. This is why when we talk about budgeting, especially when we got this from YNAB, when YNAB talks about budgeting, they talk about rolling with the punches. What does rolling with the punches mean? It means that you're going to make mistakes with your money every single month. I've never had a perfect month budgeting in my entire life. And I think about this stuff all day, every day. I've never had a perfect month budgeting ever. The founder of YNAB, Jesse Meacham, has said he has never had a perfect month budgeting. And this is where you have to be able to roll with the punches, meaning... Just keep moving on and keep progressing towards your goal. So if you have one bad month, here's the key to this. Don't have two bad months, okay? 
The key is don't do it twice. James Clear talks about this in his book, Atomic Habits, where he says, if you're trying to build up a habit, say you want to read 10 pages every single day, if you miss a day, who cares? But don't miss two. Don't miss two days in a row. That's the key here. Don't miss two months in a row. You can miss one, and that's no problem. Everybody makes those mistakes. But do not miss two months in a row. So here is how this would work. Okay, maybe you spent $550 because your mom came into town. Month four, you spend $375. Then in month five, it goes down to $325. So you're making progress here. You started spending $500 a month. Well, in month five, you're spending $325. And if you wanted to go all the way down to 50%, you'd go to $250 in month six. And $250 from $500, now you have an additional $250 a month in cash flow. That's how much cash flow a rental property would produce, a good rental property in this today's market would produce. A lot of rental properties that we have are $100 per door. So this is something where you are increasing your cash flow by reducing that discretionary spending that you really don't care about. If you're just going out to eat because you're bored, but you really don't care about spending those dollars and you do something like this, just reduce it 20 to 50%. It is a-okay for you to do that and not have to go all the way down to zero. Now, if there's somewhere else that you overspend, then you can move on to somewhere else as well. And over the course of this six months, you're going to have these extra hundreds and hundreds of dollars of cash flow. So you go to step five, and what step five is, is you redirect your savings. So in step five, you're going to redirect this new cash flow. If you're saving $250 a month in month six, you're going to take this extra dollars, and you are going to put them towards things that you want and that you value. So redirecting is the key. You got to redirect this money. Otherwise, it's going to get commingled into your checking account. You're just going to spend it on something else you don't care about. So maybe it's hitting your financial goals, like we just talked about, your emergency fund, your investments, paying down your debt, all of those things. Maybe it's going to go towards vacations because you want to go on more vacations. You want to spend more money on experiences. You want to enjoy life. So maybe these dollars need to go towards a vacation because that's what you want to do. An extra $250 a month going towards a vacation is a European vacation every single year if you live in the US. And if you live internationally, it's coming here to the US. This is where all of this matters in terms of moving your dollars towards what you value. See how powerful that is? Just $250 if you want to travel more. $250 allows you to travel internationally an additional time per year. That is something that is going to create memories for you for years and years and years to come. Or $250 invested every single month. You know what that's going to do? $250 invested over the course of 35 to 40 years at a 10% rate of return is over a million dollars. This is the power that you have by finding what doesn't bring you value and spending the money on the things that do bring you value. If time brings you value, investing the money is the best way to utilize those dollars. If travel brings you value, putting it towards travel is the best way to use those dollars. If going on fishing trips brings you value, then putting it towards fishing trips. But this is the power you have with your money and cutting back in an intentional way, in a a way that is laser focused on what you actually want to do with these dollars is why you want to cut back. It's not to cut back for no reason. Most people cut back for no reason. I don't want you to do that. I want you to think through how to cut back properly and do it this way because if you do it this way, you're going to have more joy in your life. You're going to be enjoying your life so much more. I cannot stress this enough. So if you guys have any questions, make sure you hit us up on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, all of those places. We are Master Money on YouTube and at Master Money Co on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. And we truly appreciate each and every one of you listening to this episode. So if you are enjoying this episode or you think somebody would get value out of this episode, share this with a friend so that they can spread this message as well, that wealth buys freedom. We want to teach as many people as possible how they too can build wealth. Thank you guys so much 
for listening to this episode. Make sure you jump on the Master Money newsletter. And if you have any questions, reach out to us. I appreciate each and every one of you listening to this episode, and we will see you on the next episode. Everyone's heard the saying, you have to spend money to make money. But everything in life, from travel to starting a business, is expensive. Which is why I want to tell you about a new podcast I love that will teach you all the tactics, tricks, and tips you need to upgrade your life, money, and even travel, all while spending less and saving more. It's called All the Hacks, and it's a top-ranked show hosted by my good friend Chris Hutchins a financial optimizer, an entrepreneur who's racked up millions of points, and he sold two companies. And if you want to rethink the way you're spending money, you have to check out the episode 91 with Bill Perkins and why you should be optimizing for net fulfillment and not net worth and striving to die with zero. All the Hacks has something for everyone, and I'm sure you'll find a new tactic that you can apply to your own life, whether it's a money hack that increases your net worth or a routine change that boosts your productivity. So check out All the Hacks. That's All the Hacks on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your wallet will thank you later.